Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back old school, the OG way, Jay Foreman, DP, brought to you by the Mercado. Again, we'll keep giving them props because we appreciate their support. At the end of the last segment, we talked about the Celtics, where they go from here, uh, who stepped up, who didn't. Obviously, we, if you've seen the game last night, nobody played well, but uh, what it means for them. But then also, more importantly, we the NBA Finals is finally set. Um, and does Denver have the distinct advantage of playing, I think, Thursday as a first game? Yes, Miami is in Denver, getting used to the altitude. But they had to play three extra games, or actually four, four extra games. And so where Denver has been resting. Are you ready or are you rusty? You know, there's a lot of questions for the Denver Nuggets. Good questions, though, right? Um, I think Denver understands that they are the favorite. They should be the favorite. Miami should understand that they are the underdog and should be the underdog. They've been it the whole year. Um, how long can they ride this Jimmy Butler? Were the guys that have been overlooked against the best team with the best player in the NBA? And that's going to be a big question. But before we get to that, we got to try to figure out what the Celtics were doing. I don't think they – I mean, I wouldn't call it a bold statement. I'm just going off what I saw last night. I don't think they had any intention of winning last night. I felt like they were happy to be in game seven. A lot of I told you so. We told you all we needed to win is one. Riding the high of the putback kind of smokescreened all the issues that got them down to 3-0. Um, and they kept, they didn't look at the game six besides looking at the third quarter or that last play. They didn't look at it. How did Miami make up a deficit, a double digit deficit in a little bit over a minute? Cause that's what Miami's going to fixate on coming into game seven. They also thought, look at coach Foreman. See, they, he they, couldn't even help himself. He had to go straight coach Foreman. They also thought. <laughs> <laughs> which is a personal choice, yeah. right? That it was an automatic win that they were playing at home. It was an automatic win that they were going to discover or get super hot shooting threes, that the the, the reserve players were going to shoot threes. And it didn't happen. And so when it didn't happen, they didn't have anything to – or didn't have any adjustments. And really, to be honest with you about the Celtics, they're the classic example of a front runner. Those are guys that will get you close enough, show you spurts of greatness, will never get you over the edge. Yeah. It's a weak-minded mentality. They're really, really tough. They're really, really a uh, good defensive team when they're hitting. But when it comes down to it, they don't want to play real basketball. So the same thing that you saw against the Heat, and if they were lucky enough to beat the Heat last night, which they got dominated, but if they got up against the Nuggets, they were going to get beat even worse because the Nuggets is actually a better offensive team. So – in my opinion, two best teams are playing, or two hottest teams right now. I think the, the Heat are the hottest team right now, along with the Nuggets. But the Nuggets has, has been, in my opinion, from game one, always they have been the most consistent, in, be, in my opinion, the best team. There's been other teams that have spurts, right? Philly kind of went on a spurt, and, and you know they, their whole focus was getting Embiid the MVP, which is probably the dumbest thing ever, right? Um, got a coach fired, but hey, you know, this is the coach that got you to MVP and he got fired. Lost again in the playoffs. But from all season, they've gotten better at what they didn't do last year and years prior. 
and then they have continued to not have too much of a lull that most teams have during the season. They have been not smooth sailing, but very consistent. And now you're seeing it in, you know, payoff and you're seeing two guys with, or two or a team with two superstars that are healthy in uh, Murray and uh, the Joker and they're fresher and they have better continuity as a team. And they're just as tough as Miami. Um, they're just as well coached, right? They're going to be prepared, but I think they have more talent than Miami and, Marcus Smart going under six picks in a pick and roll against Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, and Jimmy Butler. That's not going to happen with the Denver Nuggets. They're facing a coach that will put a Brogdon or a Pope in there or Brown in there, you know, for Nuggets to stop a run if Caleb Martin gets gets going. He will call a timeout and say, hey, your job is to get him off his spots. Joker, do your thing. And that's what you could do. And really, I think the really the difference, DP, I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. The difference on what Malone has versus what Joe has for the were had for the Celtics, where if Malone implores Joker first, Murray second, Gordon, Porter Jr., Pope, whoever, he knows what he's gonna get. Whereas Joe, he's saying it. But they're getting he's getting the gloss eyed look over where they're hearing him and not listening. Talk about that from a coaching perspective, right? And I know you've had really good players to where you can go to him and, and say or her and say, Listen, I need you right now. We need you right now to do our thing. So then you can tell Jay Foreman Austin, I need you to do this and nothing else because I know whoever is gonna handle this. I Especially when you look at previous meetings between Nuggets and Heat. So the last two meetings, it it came down to this: one, reserves shoot better at home, right? Which gave which was Denver's sole advantage in the in the last home game against the Heat. Uh, teams were equal, stat for stat, number for number, play for play, except down the stretch, the Nuggets hit their threes, Heat didn't. And in both games, the last two times they've won, it's been four- and five-point games. Both games were battles down in the fourth quarter. Here's what the Heat did The Heat did that's a little different. Adebayo has, has, has a little bit of a cheat code when it comes to Joker. Like, yeah. yeah. He has a little bit of a cheat code. He's, because, yeah, because he's that great in-between with the length of, of, of a seven-footer, right. with the agility of a six-eight. He gets in Joker's way. Yeah. Well, he, he can run with him. Yep. Um, he, can, the spots. He, he can defend full court if he needs to. Yep. He's kind of what Anthony Davis was in the in the bubble, mm-hmm. Mo, and, and he's and he's been that ever since he's been in the NBA. Right. Whereas Anthony Davis has tried to morph into a better version of Carl Anthony Towns, and has lost his way on the defensive side of the ball. Whereas Bam is that guy. But here's what Bam does on offense that hurts the Joker: mm. his ability to really take Joker off the dribble. And finish strong through contact. He so, actually outscored Joker in 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 one of the two games, and was like twenty three to nineteen in this in the in the most recent game. Right on half the shots. Right, right on a third of the touches. So he was getting money for his work. And then the other thing was him. In both of the last two games, the Heat actually led going into the fourth quarter, both games, home and away. 
it was they got numbers from the deep, deep reserve. So if I told you that the Nuggets in the 124-119 game, they were down 10 points. In the, uh, they were down by five going into the fourth. That Highland, Brown, Pope, Murray all in, had double figures in the, in, the, in the second half. That you had nine players in double figures. You shot 60% from three. Didn't happen any other time all season long. But that's what was required. Coach put in his shooters at the end of the game, left some of the starters out. He took Aaron Gordon, put him on the bench. Michael Porter Jr. put him on the bench and rode with his shooters who were having a night, so they won it. Identifying game situation in the NBA Finals is Pat Riley. And let's be clear, Pat Riley's the X factor for me. There's nobody in basketball who's been to more of those than Pat Riley. Right. That's the part that I think we lose because he's seen Joker before. He's seen Mur- he's seen Murray and Gordon before. Pat, this ain't new. This is not a new rodeo. Pat Riley's input on basketball matters is different than, say, Rob Palinka. Right. So when you go through <laughs> it, right? Like no, but that's the thing, right? You go through it and you go, okay, the play, the talent level doesn't change in the NBA Finals. Management of said talent always changes. Right. And I, some coaches say I'm going to shorten my bench in the NBA Finals. Some say I'm going to play whoever is going to fit. The Heat, it's whatever we're going to fit. The Nuggets, we, we play our guys. And if they're playing well, then we make changes. Again, you're not going to shoot 60% for three. That's what it took for them to beat the Heat. Just watch the three-point shooting in this entire series. Pay no attention to the first three quarters. Watch the fourth quarter and the three-point shooting in the fourth quarters and fourth quarter, and it should tell you the story of this series. Yeah, it is, and it's you know I think one thing for the Nuggets is that they're getting a different version of, of Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because he he was still kind of working himself into basketball shape, which. Denver did a really good job of managing that. Mm-hmm. You're one of your individual star players, along with pushing Porter, Pope, and Gordon. So the Heat are facing a different animal, right? Yeah. Whereas the Heat are going to be the Heat all the time. Um, and all that's kind of it, – it's not thrown out the window for the NBA playoffs, but it is – it's different because I would venture to say this version of the Denver Nuggets is better than what the Heat faced, and I would like to say that the – this version of the Miami Heat is different and Absolutely. better than the Nuggets face. Yeah. So you got to expect their best effort. Now yeah. you can kind of look at some things that you can kind of be transferable, but it's all about matchups. It's about game management. I think the coaching is even Steven. I think Pat Riley gives you an edge. I, you know, one of the funny things is Pat Riley has been involved in 25% of all the NBA championships. That's crazy. One and four. It's like Tiger Woods when he was at – he was winning – Tiger Woods was like 28, 29%. So he was winning every third or, four, or every fourth time he was playing. Same with Pat Riley. Who would you have rather had in your organization, Pat Riley or Phil Jackson? Long-term, Pat Riley. Short-term with really good players, Phil Jackson. Yeah. Phil Jackson Phil Jackson showed you really who he is with the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. with Carmelo – drafting the French guy. Yep. Now, he did get Porzingis. I thought that was a really good draft. And then screwed and then, the pooch on it. And then somehow decided to trade him. <laughs> I mean, he, he finally started to ascend. He's like, yeah, I'm done with you. Versus Pat Riley, everywhere he's been, 
and the way he's built the Miami Heat up as a coach and then transitioned up to the front office and it's been steady, right? Had him competitive with kind of so-so talent when he was a coach. Got two championships out of him with Wade and then obviously LeBron. Yep. Um, and then now – and then he's already had him in the NBA championship Mad again. scientist. He's back behind the curtain. Well, he's he's he's, <laughs> he's changing, but what he's not doing is the foundation, and we could talk about this with football at the top of the hour, and we'll talk about, obviously, Logan Smothers. The foundation is still the same. All the stuff around it, he's willing to adjust. But at the end of the day, that Miami Heat is built the same way that the ones where he coached and the same ones that – Same dogs. Same dogs. Well, it's the same mentality. Look, yeah. you, look, and the one thing, I always talk about Jermaine O'Neal, and they were talking about – Jermaine O'Neal not giving getting his props and potentially being a Hall of Fame player. They're talking about the 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 Palace and stuff like that and how he was mad at Ron Artest because Ron Artest, in a lot of ways, sold him out, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But then he was talking – Jermaine O'Neal was talking about he decided to come back because he wanted to prove that's not who he was with the Indiana Pacers leadership. But one of the places that he was going to go to was the Miami Heat, and they were going to make Dwayne Wade and him, but then they got Shaq, right? But guess what he said? Went on his free agent visit. Obviously, Miami was great. He talked mm-hmm. about no state taxes and mm-hmm. all that. Pat Riley slid the paper over to him and said, listen, this is your body weight that you need to come into training camp, and this is your body count compensation. You you got to be a certain body fat, yeah. got to be a certain. Yeah. And Jermaine was like, nah, I, I'm cool with that. Sandwich. <laughs> and he said, he's like, I like my donuts and all that other stuff. So what? So right, but Pat, I'm Team Jermaine on that but, one. Sorry, but, but Pat, I would have made some concessions, right? right, right because yeah. I figured with Jermaine O'Neal, I can get you here and then kind of reform you, right? right? But at the end of the day, it lets you know that Pat Riley wasn't willing to change for one player, right? They talk about why Shaq left, right? Where Shaq took one for the team and challenged Pat Riley after winning the championship. Because he had to show his leadership, and Pat Riley was dressing down Dwayne Wade and a couple players. Well, Shaq wanted to step up, and him and Shaq got into it, nose to nose. Well, then Shaq got traded the next day. See, Pat Riley ain't changing. He, he he's listen, just going to change the parts. I, I, here's here's the one. I, we'll we'll close the segment. I'll ask you. This is Jay Foreman. You you are a, a connoisseur. You are a Renaissance Renaissance man of clothing, right? But you can only choose one. You you choosing the style of Pat Pat Riley or you choosing the style of Chuck Daly? I'm going Pat Riley. Ooh. I'm going Ooh. Pat Riley because Chuck Daly was look Chuck, when Chuck when Daly Chuck, was smooth. When, when Chuck when Chuck went full on and the yeah, Pistons yeah. became the Pistons, Chuck, like they started winning when Chuck went with the slicked hair. Yeah. As soon as he slicked the hair, it was he was like oh he went alpha. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Daly reminds me of the guy that that owns all the Ford dealerships in Detroit. Yes. Owns the nightclubs. Yes. And never paid taxes. Right. And if you made him mad, you just came up missing. And you knew people. Like you knew, you knew Pat knew everybody. Right. So, but I, Pat I, I, knew I'll Chuck go Daly with, would I'll be go. like, wait a minute, what'd you say? I'll go with Pat Riley though. Any any man that goes on a yacht with Magic Johnson and can hit the electric slide like Pat Riley. Yeah, did, you know, fair. And <laughs> and he can wear a pure white suit. Yep. Yep. During the week. Gangster. He wears it during the week. <laughs> I'm going to go with Pat Riley. He wore it on a Tuesday yeah. night. He wore it on a Tuesday <laughs> night. I'll I never forget. I watched it, you know, TNT, NBA TNT with Shaq and them. And they showed Pat Riley. He was up in his box oh, so with a white suit. So, hey, it, it, that, that sold me right there. 
He said, "Listen, they're crocking the tubs. Y'all ain't got. I am yeah, that guy. He, he, did, he, he, you know what? He dressed like Chuck Foreman. That's what. <laughs> he didn't have. He didn't have the chops like no, my dad did, but bro. he did. Oh. But they say Pat Riley, with his with his players, how he's able to keep them in check yeah. in Miami, is that he knows everybody in Miami, and they all report to him to make sure that it. And then obviously you got Adonis. So, good segment. We're gonna come back at the short segment." I know we don't. We're not giving away anything, DP. I got a question for you though. Mm-hmm. I saw it today. It popped in. I know you. You're a Utah Ute. I got a trivia question for you. I know you know the answer, but it'd be good for people out there. Let's get it to see your answer. Jay Foreman, DP, Old School. We'll be right back. Watch Old School live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.